Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I'm your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Angie Bauman, and here's a bit about Angie. She is a trauma and abuse survivor and speaks openly about her ongoing journey towards deeper healing. Angie loves planning trips to Walt Disney World, sipping cups of hot tea, and watching medical or crime dramas. She lives in Southern Illinois with her husband, Matt, and two sons, Alex and Josh. As far as her work life is concerned, Angie is a licensed pastor and trained in leading inductive Bible study through Precept Ministries. She regularly writes speaks and teaches on knowing and living by God's promises. She is the author of two Bible studies, host of the weekly study on podcast and creator of the step-by-step Bible study method. She serves as an intern of Kathy Lips ministry team and an academy mentor for Flourish Writers. And without further ado, Please welcome Angie Bauman, where we're going to talk about using the promises of God to manage our emotions, and you'll find out more. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. My pleasure, Angie. So let's start off with a fun fact about you that definitely my audience does not know, and maybe your audience doesn't know about you. Well, one of the reasons that I'm always interested in planning trips to Walt Disney World is because I used to work at Walt Disney World. Sometimes people find that fun because I worked at the main gate at the Magic Kingdom and I took tickets and I sold tickets and I did crowd control and it was a blast. And I, part of my heart will always be at Disney. That is amazing. That's the one park that we did not go to when we were there. We are going to be are going to sound a little nuts when I say this. And when I say we, my husband and I, because we're like big kids, um, we did three parks in half a day and we drove <laughs> between each one of the parks. And while, while he was driving, I was making sure we had certain fast passes lined up. And so we would get out the car, run to the rides, go do them so we could like get to the next part. We were supposed to have a whole day, but you know, things happen when you are a married couple. Um, so we had a little argument. So half hour... <laughs> Our day was gone. So this is a terrible story. <laughs> you will have to make a return trip. Yes. Yeah, so I love that fun fact because I was like, oh, when you said Magic Kingdom, I was like, oh. So thank you for sharing that. And are you a season ticket holder by any chance? No, we live in Southern Illinois, so it's just a little bit too far for that investment. But my husband and I talk regularly about when we have a place in Florida. Someday it is our goal to return there and to, yes, be more frequent visitors. We usually go once. Sometimes I sneak in a second trip each year. So <laughs> I've gone with girlfriends. I've gone with my boys uh, individually. We, we've done. I've done a solo trip with each of my boys. I've gone a couple of times with just the boys. We've gone as a family. For our 20th wedding anniversary, my husband and I scandalously went without the boys. So 
<laughs> so we love visiting there. Amazing. And now we can segue into um, using the promises of God to manage our emotions because you're doing quite a bit on that side with you being a pastor, having two Bible studies and etc. So walk us through your journey. And um, while you're walking us through your journey, have you always been involved in a church setting? I grew up in the church. Yes. My father's a pastor. Also, I grew up in church. I've always been involved in church and I've always been active in ministry uh, with my job, with my career since I was an adult. So yeah, church has always been a big part of my life and God and Jesus have always been a part of my life, but walking in peace has not always been a part of my life because of my background. And so that's really where this kind of this idea that I have come to understand is so important to me. And that is living by the promises of God, because that is, <clears throat> excuse me, that is what brings me peace in my circumstances. So let's dive a little bit deeper into why um, peace is so important, because you said peace hasn't always been there. So I want you to paint a picture on why you, uh, why you led down this path with saying peace hasn't always been there. And what was that? Was it the trauma and the abuse that you um, faced? Yes, it was. So my father was an itinerant pastor, which means that he traveled uh, different places for ministry. We were appointed one year at a time and we didn't move every year, but every spring we'd kind of be up for, you know, our are we moving again? And so I did move frequently every two or three years as we were, as I was growing up. And I am a shy introvert, especially when I was a kid, I was much more so. And moving that much was hard for me. We didn't have close relationships with extended family. And I always felt Genesis, like the girl that didn't belong. I always felt like I was a little outside the circle, if you will. And that kind of created a vulnerability inside me. And, uh, when I was 16 years old, I was groomed and seduced into a romantic relationship with one of my high school teachers. And that relationship went on about nine months. And when it became public, it involved the police and the department of children and family services. And it was a very traumatic event. The abuse had been traumatic, but also that grooming process and that isolation process that an abuser does had been traumatic. And then the town, the small rural town that we lived in did not believe my story. I have, I've since learned that a, a groomer or an abuser grooms, not only the child, but also the people around the child sometimes in the community. And this man was a beloved teacher. And it was so much easier to paint the, the girl that I was at the time, a liar, a homewrecker, uh, than it was to believe that in their midst was this kind of evil. And so I left, I graduated, let's see, I, I turned 17 in April. I graduated high school in May. And then a few weeks later, I left that small town pretty much Genesis as alone as a person could be and carrying just an enormous weight of shame and regret. Wow. And that's a lot for any, um, teenager slash young adolescents to go th go through with especially whenever you're transitioning from that period of your life into becoming an adult because sometimes you carry those emotional scars and baggage um, and then it has you closed off where you don't want to be open to receive something amazing that comes in and you shelter yourself not out of you know wanting to shelter yourself, but mainly out of necessity because you don't want to be hurt or taken advantage of. So do those um, similarities 
is that relevant for your case? Because I know it's different with each individual. Absolutely. I resonate with everything you're saying, Genesis. You know, really some of the self-destructive behavior choices I made during that time, some of the relationships that I entered into that time, uh, it was about, it was about self-protection. I had been so wrong about who I thought someone was who professed to love me. And then I also had felt like I was so wrong in believing that I had safety and community. And so, yes, I think absolutely. A lot of times we're doing it's taken me a long time, but now I look at that 17 year old girl with admiration for doing the best she could in surviving. Cause there were times during that period, those early years that I considered hurting myself uh, to end it all because the darkness just seemed like it was just so deep and uh, so grateful for her. And I'm talking about myself when I say her, but I look upon her just with admiration and love now, instead of just that um, shame and disdain really that I felt for myself for so long. And I'm almost glad that you went through it. And the reason why I say this is because God knows exactly who to use in what season, because now that you have been through that life experience, even though it was traumatic, you're able to recognize some of those traumas and triggers in a younger individual or a grown woman. So then you can be the vehicle to help them, you know, escape that relationship. And then now with you um, going through that transitionary period, there was a transformation in you mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So let's talk about how that transformation has really made you into the woman that you are today with you going into pastoral work. Yeah. So what I tried to do after, after the initial, you know, darkness, I guess, just that, that the worst period of time, the first couple of years after that happened, I then began to try to prove myself good. If you will, I believed that I had been so bad and it was time now to try to prove myself good to myself, to others, to God. And so I really began some different kind of destructive behavior patterns of controlling, uh, productivity, trying to find value, uh, in, in my, in my work, in what I produced, if you will, you know, and I had a lot of balls in the air all the time. And, and I, and I did a lot of good things, Genesis. It wasn't like it was all in vain and it was all a struggle. I was fairly happy with my life, but always had this underlying understanding that if you don't do enough, then you're not enough, you know, and that is a very weighty thing to carry. And so all the striving came to an abrupt halt about 11 years ago when our family of four was involved in a head-on car crash. And I had very severe injuries. My older son had very severe injuries. I had, we had eight surgeries between us. I had nine months of rehab and it was, I was very broken in a different way. I was very broken physically but in that place of physical brokenness and also emotional, spiritual brokenness, because I just didn't understand all the things that I had been doing, all the balls that I'd kept in the air, all the things that I can control, had controlled or thought I did, right? Because it's all an illusion control, but it all just came crashing down. I didn't take care of myself. I didn't take care of my kids. I didn't take care of my church. I didn't take care of my marriage. I didn't take care of my home, nothing. And in that place of not being able to find value in what I could do and produce, the Lord got a hold of my heart so tenderly and firmly at the same time and invited me into a process with him to, to let go of the woman that I was trying to be and instead embrace the woman that I was in 
all of her, you know, all of who she was and really look at this abuse that at that point was 25 years old, that situation that was 25 years old and begin to invite it to share space with the woman that I am now. It's been a very long journey. Like I said, that was 11 years ago. And sometimes it has been really challenging. And I've had to look at myself in ways that have been really painful, but all through it though, I have been able to cling to and believe in this understanding that God is good and he is in me. And therefore there is goodness in me as well. That's powerful because you see um, how those tests end up working out to be Mm. a testimony and how the mess that you went through in your life Um, that wasn't so pretty. Now it's a message that you're putting out into the world to just really help other people. And then overall that transformation. And I like how you said you had to let go because that is the hardest thing that people fail to do. They fail to let go. They fail to forgive and they hold on so tight to those things that are hurting them. And then they aren't open. And when I say open, it's in all areas of their life to receive the goodness and receive that refreshing spirit that God is trying to bestow into and onto them because their mindset is just clouded by so much hurt anger, pain, animosity, grief, um, imposter syndrome, or whatever other emotions. And so I like how God used you. And it's like you had to die to your old self in order to become your new self. So it's like, you know, the statement that says you can't put new wine into Mm -hmm. old wineskins. Yes. Yes. So much of what I was trying to do. Absolutely. And now um, with the two Bible studies that you have on the market, at what point did those become relevant for you to work on them and you put them out in the market? Yeah. So the, the first one, the, both of them came out of sermon series, actually, sometimes as I'm, when I'm preparing to serve the church that I serve, uh, there's something in particular that grabs a hold of me and I just sit with it for a little while and it becomes, it kind of takes on a life of its own. And then I've been in I've just the last few years. So journey, my first one, a journey worth taking, it was released in 2019, but I had written it and taught it just other places, you know, for small groups or whatever, probably for about three or maybe even four years. It had kind of just sat on a shelf. I didn't know anything about publishing, self-publishing, anything like that. And so I never dreamed that to, to be, to be able to put it into a form where people could actually have it. But once I did that one, the other one came so quickly and the other one is called strong hearts and it's using the lines in the Lord's prayer to ask the trust questions, you know, uh, our father who art in heaven. And we ask the trust question in the Bible study is he a good father? Like, is is that true? And because I think that's something that when you go through something bad, it's easy to say, I'm not sure you're good at all, you know? And so we just work through those. And the second one, strong hearts has a lot more of my, not the first one does too, but the second one has more of my personal experiences and part of this process after the accident. And I like how you set both of them up with strong hearts and then the first one, because, and then um, the question that you asked, is he a good father? And it made me think of this song. I think it's by Chris Tomlin, where it says, you're a good, good father. It's who Love that you song. are. Yes. And I'm definitely not a singer, but you get the point there. Doesn't. Yes. I love that song. Yes. 
And one thing that I like to tell people, because I've been through quite a bit of grief within the last year and a half. And what really rocked me was losing my father. When my dad passed in November of 2020, it felt like the wind was knocked out of me. It felt like I was questioning God because I was like, how does a man who serves you, he believes in you, he goes to the church, he, he'll give somebody the shirt off his back. Why did he have to go through medical negligence? Why do the good people have to die young? And the bad people are still roaming the earth. So I go through this power, power struggle there, but also spiritual warfare. Yes. Because God has me on this journey, but I knew I had to go through it because if I didn't lose my dad and my job, my corporate job, and both of my grandmothers, then it wouldn't have given me the urge and the fire to start Gems Podcast. And I wouldn't be talking to you today, Angie. So, um, I like how sometimes you go through those dark seasons, but then when you're going through the dark seasons, it really makes you appreciate the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. And I think when, you know, for me, this is an ongoing process and I, I, I've accepted the fact that it likely will be an ongoing process for the rest of my life, but I see growth in, in the fact that my my ability to not stay there as long and to recognize it faster, right? To recover faster. That's growth. That's maturity. That's how God takes those dark things and shines light into when you accept his light into those places, those places of grief and shame, like you're talking about that's fertile ground for the enemy, but it doesn't have to be when we can recognize God's promises, believe that he's still very much at work in our lives uh, in spite of, especially because of, you know, some of the things that we're going through. And I really love when the Bible talks about how our strength, that his strength is made perfect in our weakness, because if we will, yeah, if we will allow him into those places where we feel weak, that is the, that's the place we lean on him all the hardest. And the more we lean on him, the stronger we are because he is nothing but strength. Absolutely. And because it says he's our strength when when we're weak. Yes, he's our father, whenever our natural mother and father leave and forsake us. He's everything that we need. And if he knows the number of the hairs on our head, he knew us before he formed us in our mother's womb. Isn't he not sovereign enough to guide us through the path that we're on? Even though we go through detours, he will never leave or forsake us because he will put us together as new. So an, an analogy that I like to use, Angie, when I'm talking to some of my clients, whether they're my coaching clients or podcast clients, is like the potter's wheel still works. You may just be clay here in my hands falling apart, but when you put that clay on the potter's wheel and you begin to spin it and et cetera, you start to see a little bit clearer on what the product is gonna be. And it takes time because you have to go through that process and then you're spinning, you're spinning, you're spinning. And before you know it, you have a masterpiece, but you can't get the masterpiece if you don't put in the spinning work. Yeah, I like that. I like the refiner's fire in Malachi three. Also, you know, this idea that it's a process that the, the impurities through heat, right? If you're, if you're refining a metal through heat underneath it, the impurities rise to the top and then the refiner shaves those off and then he allows it to cool, right? He or she, and then that metal is heated up again, right? And the impurities rise and, and the over and over again, we do this and the more impurities that are taken out of the metal, 
the more valuable it is. And so it is true with us because a lot of times it's those places. It's like the accident. The accident was a terrible situation in my life. And yet it allowed God the space to invite. He was always inviting. It allowed me the space to receive the invitation. Maybe I'll say it that way instead of this process where he really is like, you're carrying around heavy stuff. I don't want you to carry around my love in this moment. We can free you from that. Yeah. And then one exercise I want to interject here um, as you talk about the freeing is when I was going to an apostolic church years ago, which apostolic, they, it means that they believe in the fivefold ministry and, and et cetera. What we wrote down at the end of the year were, were all of the things that we did not want to see going into the new year. And we put them in an envelope and we sealed them. And then we went up to, there was like a barbecue pit or a fire and you threw it in the fire because you're burning up the old. And as you're burning up the old, you see how that paper that you had is going through that transitionary period, but it's also transforming you because emotionally you're letting go of those things and you are saying that you are ready and open to receive the new so whether you have to do an exercise like that or if you have to go on a journey where you're practicing mindfulness and journaling and shutting out all the things of the past because we all know that the past does not depict our future it is you know a life lesson and some learning curves but how we choose to react to that is what's going to set us up on our way yeah and i just would add to that sometimes we do throw it in the fire and then we find ourselves a little down the road holding it writing a new note with the same message on it right and it's okay. You can throw it in the fire again. A lot of times for this is true in my life. It's not a one and done. I lay things down and I lay them down and then something else happens and I find myself picking it up again, but God's mercies are new every morning. And if we can give ourselves a bit of the grace that he pours out upon us, we can do this. We can keep taking one step, but, you know, putting one foot in front of the other, taking one step at a time and grow closer to him and more at peace with him and ourselves. So now here, as we're taking those steps, I want you to give the listeners and some viewers some steps or keys that they could begin to use to help navigate their growth journey and finding that personal relationship with Christ. Because I tell people, until you get that vertical relationship right, which is just you and God, then sometimes those horizontal relationships will not align up because you're not putting him at the center of your life. Yeah, I love that. Say that again. I love that until you get the vertical relationships right. Yeah. Until you get the vertical relationships right, the horizontal relationships, which are the relationships that are outward with yeah. our family members, our friends, and et cetera, will not align accordingly because you no longer have God at the center of your life. I love that, Genesis. I'm the guest and I'm like telling you, say that again. <laughs> That's good stuff. Well, I think in terms of a relationship, either starting a relationship with Jesus or deepening a relationship with Jesus, this is going to sound trite. I don't want to sound trite. It's what I believe with all my heart. There is no substitute for time with him. We have to make time with him. And a lot of times that means looking at our life and deciding 
what are we going to say no to that we're currently doing to say yes to time with him? Does it mean getting up earlier? Does it mean changing our routine? Does it mean closing the door of our office at lunchtime? Does it mean, uh, you know, not doing something on the weekends that we're doing? I don't know what it means. And it can look different in different people's lives. It can look different in different seasons lives. Sometimes it's prayer, you know, journaling, study, reading, listening to music, experiencing God in nature, but how are we focusing on Jesus and a relationship with him and allowing him in? He's already there. We don't have to really go seeking him. We just have to quiet ourselves and make space for him. Absolutely. Cause he's always in your heart. And one, one way that God talks to some of us is in those still small, quiet moments, whether it's those gut instincts that we have, some people say the discernment, some people say the intuition that is maybe the Holy spirit that is trying to usher you into where, um, they want you to go. So the Holy Spirit, and some people say the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And sometimes whenever we fail to ignore that still small voice is whenever we go down a path that is broad, that leads to destruction, because we're not listening to ourselves. And that still small voice is never going to lead us down a pathway of destruction. It's going to lead us down a pathway that is fruitful, a pathway that is full of life full of positive energy or higher vibrations. And for those of you who may not be religious, it's going to, you know, boost your um, vibrations and the universe is not going to steer you in the wrong direction. But I definitely want to encourage you is to be one with yourself, mind, body, and soul. So you have to be mindful of what are you allowing in your eye gate? Meaning, what are you watching? Is it adding value to you? If it's not, stop doing it. What are you listening to? What are you letting in your ear gates? Is it edifying you? Is it helping you with personal development, professional development? Is it making you stronger mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually? And then what type of words are you releasing out of your mouth? And are those words acting as swords where they're cutting down certain things or are they building you and somebody else up? I love that. That's so good. And then as we begin to wind down, Angie, I want you to think about two valuable gems that you can leave with the listeners and viewers. And it could be a gem that complements our core pillars, which are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Or it could be a lifestyle gem to ignite some heat under their bottom so they could get up and let their light shine and release that inner glow outwardly. You know, one of the things that helps me so much is uh, working out and that's something that, yeah. So I am a regular ellipt, uh, the elliptical is my friend at the gym and it helps me so much in my body, but it also helps me so much in my mind. And I make that a regular priority. Uh, I start my day with first, and this, I'm going to say the second thing now, uh, and that is time with Jesus. I know I already said that, but I have a couple of devotionals that I use a couple of apps on my phones. I have music playlists. I don't do everything every day, but I do something every day that reminds me uh, of God's goodness. And then throughout the day, as I feel anxiety rise, maybe, or something doesn't go my way, I have sort of trained myself to pause and remember that goodness that I celebrated in the morning. Um, And so I, I really spend some time doing that. 
uh, embracing, receiving God's goodness, and then also some physical activity. Those are two things that help keep me, help me keep, help keep me sane, I guess. (laughs) Yes. And physical fitness is so vital. I tell people you can't truly enjoy your wealth if you don't have optimal health, because your body, you only have one body. Your body is your vessel, but it's also your temple. So what good is having all this amazing wealth if you can't enjoy it because you're laying up in a hospital bed or there's something going on inside of you where you can't enjoy the fruits of your labor? So definitely find a physical activity that you truly enjoy doing and don't see it as a chore. See it as a lifestyle choice and a change. And Angie, I want you to tell the listeners and viewers how they could connect with you via your website and where do you most hang out on social media? Yes. So my website is livesteadyon.com. And that is kind of the hub where you can find almost everything. And Genesis, if you do show notes, I would love to send you a link because I have some freebies and stuff that if you'll put it in your show notes, they can find some free resources there. I hang out on Instagram a little, I hang out on Facebook more and uh, the Facebook is also live steady on. Thank you so much, Angie. And I do show notes. So yes, yeah, awesome. I will link. send you the link. Yes. And for you listeners and viewers out there, I always like to lead lead as well as leave an encouragement. I want to remind you that you're an asset, not Mm -hmm. a liability. You were created as a masterpiece. There's only one you here in the world. So remember your fingerprints are yours. No one else has them. So stop living in the shadows of other people who were never meant to truly validate you and determine your level of success. Be one with yourself and go out in this world to make it a better place because you could take your thumb and leave an imprint. And then that imprint is driving impacts and you never know how one person and one soul you touch is going to turn into that ripple effect. So remember, you are here to make a difference and you also have choices. So choose a choice that is going to lead to a fruitful ending. And until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. We're on 40 plus platforms and follow us on YouTube at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp for all video content. Until we chat next time, ciao. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.